As the feminization of our society continues to grow, men are becoming increasingly lost. But why are they not turning to the church for answers? And why are especially young men more drawn to unchristian men like Jordan Peterson, Andrew Tate, Joe Rogan, and many more? So does the Bible have what men need on this slice of fresh bread? Welcome to Fresh Bread, podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville with Pastor Brandon and Pastor Keith. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to Fresh Bread, podcast 30. Fresh Bread, where we're bringing the truth of God's Word to a starving world. And I'm Pastor Keith, and that's Pastor Brandon. You know, a worldview of men is that a man needs to be self-reliant. He needs to hide their emotions. And we can also have what they call the, the cowboy view of a man, which is, I don't need anybody. I can do it myself. Men are lost. They're searching for their identity, their self-worth. So we see that men are lost, and they're trying to find the answers. And again, why are they not turning to the church? Pastor Brandon, men are lost, but why are they not turning to the church for answers? What say you? Well, I, I mean, I could only go back to my own experience becoming a Christian. I mean, one of the struggles that I had personally becoming a Christian was that it felt like that Christianity was, there was a feminine aspect to Christianity. You know, and, and it's interesting, you know, full disclosure in that sense is that that was one of the things that really I struggled, you know, in terms of how I loved Christ. For me, it was, there was this this sense of, it was kind of ooey-gooey and like this thing that just didn't resonate with me. What resonated with me was being masculine, you know, and doing masculine things, and the church wasn't providing that for me. And so, yeah, I mean, I think when I was early as a Christian, that was a struggle for me. Can you define masculinity? In my mind, I'm trying, I understand what you're saying, because I've heard that before, too, and I, I'm trying to think if I went through that, because you, there is a lot of hugging and a lot of you know, there's a holy kiss. I mean, you could you could do that in some churches as well. But Keith, men don't. Keith, I don't want a holy kiss from you. No, but I grew up. I <laughs> there are. I didn't. I didn't grow up in a church. I grew up in a Lutheran church that didn't hug. But sure. there are churches that you hug, and I I do it now just instinctively because you're so glad to see people. And is that the kind of thing that you're saying? That, well, actually, actually, what I'm saying is is that you know the idea that Jesus is my girlfriend. Mm. You know that you you listen to these Christian songs and and you could literally in many of them you could take you could take Jesus and pl- replace Jesus with you know, with your boyfriend and that's Jesus you know that it's he it is he's become more the boyfriend as opposed to who he truly is and you know that that's what I struggle that's one of the things I struggled with I didn't necessarily I no don't get me wrong I'm not I will say that I'm not naturally a hugger I, I'm not naturally you know, that way. And so I probably did struggle in that way in the church, you know, at first, but it wasn't so much that it was, uh, it was, it was a feminine Jesus. It was a feminine, it was a Jesus that appealed to women more than it, it, than Jesus appealed to men. And, and it's because of, it's, uh, it's because Jesus, again, that whole, I mean, just think about the songs that are out there and on, in popular Christian music, it's, it's all about, you know, there's a, Jesus is, you know, the love of my life. And, well, the, that, that you could replace Jesus with you know your boyfriend's name, and that's it. it basically, is the same song, and it's not. I don't think that's the biblical Jesus, right? And you think part of that is 
on the uh, a lot of the movies in the uh, those mini series I'm thinking of Jesus of Nazareth and some of these other ones that have come out that they do always can't kind of portray Jesus as this little kind of I don't want to say wimpy guy but he's a you know he's always crying soft, and, soft. yeah yeah is that you think that's part of it too I think that? yeah probably the the church is not doing a has not done a good job in my lifetime the church has not done a good job of appealing to you know men in where they're at in terms of understanding men and most churches have more women than men mm. and you know I think there's a reason for that the men are not they're not finding what they're looking for in the church and that's a whole question we could ask is whose fault is that is that the the pastors of the church or is it just that men have no no one to guide them like there is no well I think that I mean the the destruction of the family has certainly added to that you know because they're you know men that you know where have all the good men gone kind of question and you know a lot of them are in corporate america they're you know they're out slaying dragons and you know in 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 their jobs and they're you know in sports and you know doing that sort of thing and they've kind of pulled away from you know the traditional like being a husband being a father most men nowadays grow up without a father you know they don't have a they don't have a father figure in their life and it's because men have you know exited those those areas and part of it's because of how we're treating men in the culture it, we're not valuing manhood we're not valuing being a husband we're not valuing being a father you know you look at comedies and you know you look at these you know sitcoms and and you know what's the what's the picture of the father in the sitcoms he's a bumbling idiot that doesn't know anything and and you know that everybody's always kicking around and and you know that's been that's been the the sitcoms for the past you know 40 years and so so now you know that's we're reaping that we're reaping what we're sowing in that sense because men men are exiting those areas and some men are even saying you know why am I going to get married why would I subject myself to these things why would I put myself in a position of giving up half my wealth my livelihood to you know get married you know it's it's not even worth anything so you know in terms of how they're viewing it do you think that that started let's I'm trying to take it back to where all this began. If we look at movies, even back in the 30s and 40s, you know, you have Clark Gable and Humphrey Bogart and guys like that. So men kind of looked up to them, and then all now you bring in John Wayne. These are what men are like, and it's hard to picture them in a church singing hymns. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's exactly right, and that's kind of what I was saying. Is you know, I grew up with John Wayne. I grew up with Clint Eastwood. I grew I grew up with these men who were the world was shaping up. I mean, they smoked Marlboros and, and they rode horses and, you know, they, they fought and they, you know, they played with guns and they, they did all these things that were, you know, considered manly. And, you know, you get in the church and it, it's completely different. And, and don't get me wrong, it should be different. I mean, that's a worldly view of, of manhood. That's, that's a wrong view of manhood. John Wayne does not represent true biblical manhood. Neither does Clint Eastwood. So that was a, those were wrong as well. Here's the problem is that we're not getting our picture of what a man should be from Scripture. We're getting it, we're getting it from the culture, and it's driving our view of, of manhood. And so, yeah, I mean, in the, 40, in the 50s and 60s, it was John Wayne and dashing men and, you know, that were strong and tough and, you know, masculine. And, you know, but then it became, you know, the, you know, the Marlboro man was there. I mean, in terms of, you know, getting guys to smoke and, but then somewhere along the line, it changed. This pendulum swung 
And then all of a sudden it became the bumbling idiot. You know, we're going to make fun of men. And, you know, now all of a sudden we're going to, we're going to raise up and we're going to elevate feminism, that, that sort of thing. It's the strong woman. And, but what we have to recognize is whether you're on one end of the pendulum or the other, it's not biblical manhood. We're looking to the wrong sources to understand what men and women, you know, what their role should be. I wonder if that began in the 1970s that, you know, because through the 50s, there were still men that were strong men and on television represented as the father. And we get into the 70s and you've got Archie Bunker and people probably, young people aren't going to know who these people are, but Archie Bunker and all in the family became the first kind of bumbling conservative goofball that they had they shown and then ever since that it's been going that direction yeah well it, i mean yeah archie bunker was probably you know at the beginning of that and so and so then you move forward and you have that same that same thing that was successful becomes successful as a formula going up and you you know you making fun of men the 40s you had the the great generation right the men that fought in world war ii yes these guys came back and these were like these were real men sure. i mean they've they were kids fighting in World War II, and they came back, started families, and had kids. And I mean, I always looked up to those guys. Yeah, and 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 you know, they they wanted to make life better for their kids. So the problem is, is that it, you end up with you have this generation of of men who are hardened by war. They've seen you know war. They want to they want to come back and they want to make life better for their kids. But the problem is, is that they insulate them from the things that really made that generation, you know, what it was. And, you know, because the, the things that were hard is what made them that who they were. So they came back and they, they had children and they began to insulate their children from those things because they're harsh realities. But the problem is that that made, that made a soft generation. The generations that are coming after, that came after those men, became softer and softer and softer till we get to where we are today, which basically we're grappling for what even a man is. Is it is would it also be included the feminization of our society? Absolutely, our society? absolutely. I mean, it that's what happens. What we have to recognize is that the reason why the, the society can be feminine is because somewhere along the lines, men made you know fought the battles to get to the point where that women can be raised up in that way. But the problem is, is that if it as it goes along, you're going to end up putting yourself in a position where that's going to happen again where those bad things that happen where evil creeps in and that's what's happening is that evil is creeping in because we're the, the society is getting softer and softer and more feminine feminized and more feminized and so eventually that's gonna you know evil is gonna overtake you're gonna have the same problems again in terms of what led to things like world war ii you know that that sort of thing so we had these great men in the 40s now we have men growing up who are looking for that kind of masculinity, and the church isn't giving it to them. Yes. I mean, I think that's what we have to recognize, is that even the 40s, we put that generation on a pedestal. I mean, that it's not like, I'm not, I don't think we should say or think that they somehow were biblical. I mean, because that's really what the issue is. I mean, is that in, in all of this, it's a departure from biblical manhood. I mean, that's why there's this pendulum that swings back and forth between, you know, ultra-masculinity and then femininity. And so in terms of what's happening in the culture, I think the, the pendulum swings is because we're looking for what is a true man. What does a true man look like? But we're looking for it in all the wrong sources. We're looking for it in all the wrong places. 
and we're putting people and we're putting things on a pedestal. But what we have to recognize is what is big today may not be big tomorrow. It may the, the pendulum may swing back the other direction. Unfortunately, when the pendulum swings, that's when people I would argue people get hurt when the pendulum swings. You know, because and that's what that's what I'm concerned about even today and some of the things that we're seeing in the culture is that, you know, you ask the question and, you know, in our lead in, uh, you know, about men like Jordan Peterson, you know, Andrew Tate, Joe Rogan, I mean, they're representing some voices out there, some voices that are saying things that are more masculine. But the, what I'm concerned about is it ends up being a reaction against the culture that ends up taking us too far the other direction. You know, I preached yesterday and I, I think part of what brought this up was even that the idea of mercy. The Romans didn't, they, they hated that idea, they, you know, to be a merciful man, you know, to be merc, merc, have mercy. And they hated that as an idea. And what I'm concerned about is that the pendulum swinging back the other direction and we end up with a certain type of brutal masculinity that ends up, you know, basically being a dominating masculinity that, that isn't a biblical masculinity either. Ultimately, the issue is more in the church. And, and what's happening in the church. So, you know, you have this feminization of the church that's happened. And so what I'm concerned about is that there are people that are, that are, that are men that are searching and they're looking for what biblical masculinity is, or they're looking at what masculinity is, and they're finding it in guys like Jordan Peterson. They're finding it in guys like Joe Rogan. They're finding it in guys like Andrew Tate. They're finding it in guys like Jocko Willink that, you know, while they, those guys have some good things that they're saying, they're not, they're not, their foundation isn't biblical. I'm not as familiar with these men. I've, I've heard some of them, what they've said, but I, I don't follow whatever they're saying. But whatever it is, it's resonating. So is it, maybe we need to define, can you define like a worldly, a worldly masculinity as opposed to a godly masculinity? I mean, a worldly masculinity would be to, to elevate, you know, masculine traits such as justice, not having mercy, you know, that not So you just kind of run, walk over everybody. Yeah, to you, get you what sort you of, want. yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, you know, Jordan Peterson has a, he uses lobsters as, as his, uh, basically the idea is, is that, that there's this hierarchy of, of dominance. And, and so, lobsters approximate that hierarchy of dominance and so like if a if a if a lobster gets beaten by another lobster you know they actually become less dominant because they've been beaten and so this other lobster the more he wins the more dominant he becomes in the hierarchy and so it ends up being this idea that i can become masculine by by winning battles by by fighting and and i think that's why it's you know it like uh, joe rogan you know is a is a former fighter and and still isn't is that involved. what Tate is too? Isn't he? Yeah, Tate's a former fighter and 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 I think even you know amongst the young guys fighting you know MMA you know the this this ultimate fighting stuff is really popular amongst young men because you know that's the that they elevate that kind of thing and so those kind of those kind of traits get elevated you know and unfortunately what happens is is that you know, that some men take it further than others, right? I mean, it's, I mean, some of the things that they're saying, I think are, are, they're, they're good, you know, that we do need men to be more like men. And, and it's a good, and I think it's a good message. The problem is, is that you always have, you're always going to have people who take it to the extreme. 
and the extreme is going to be let's let's dominate women let's make women subservient to us and you know we don't that's not biblical that's not biblical manhood you know biblical manhood has nothing to do with being dominant it has nothing to do i mean we need to be able to protect is probably a better way to put that let's be able to protect those who are in our protection let's be let's be men in that way but when I glorify that stuff, that's the problem. When I begin to glorify fighting, when I begin to glorify being dominant and, and climbing this dominance hierarchy, being dominant in whatever field that I'm in and taking down all you know, people who are challenging me, uh, that's, that's not biblical manhood. Yeah, it's almost like we talked about John Wayne. I tend to think that's a biblical, that's what it is to be a man. You know, you fight your battles, you... You, if physical you know, fighting was always a part of when I grew up, boys just did that, right? We just sure. we would fight, and some and and I'm not saying it's bad because I think sometimes I think boys just need to fight it out, and once they get it out, it it releases whatever it was inside of them that they needed to get out. You know, you see these young men, probably for I mean for various reasons, become they have all this pent up anger, you know, and and they they have all that they this anger builds within them, and there is a genius to you know being able to fight it out. And it's because you your your aggression has been taken out, and now you can you can get past that. And and unfortunately, I think that a lot of these kids are not able to do that. You know, not able to have that aggression. You know, and so even you know even things like football are being taken away from these kids because nobody wants them to get hurt. You know, you don't want them you don't want them to have a, a get a concussion. And you know that's not the subject of this podcast, but but it is i mean that is a that that is problematic because god has made us in a you know he's made he's made men he's made boys more aggressive and you know there has to be an outlet for those things and i know that isn't necessarily the most popular thing to say and maybe not even the most popular thing to say in the church but that is true that boys need they need that outlet for aggression and you know whether whether you believe it's right to, to give a couple of boys boxing gloves and let them get after it. I mean, that was the whole thing is giving boys this outlet for aggression. You know, that's, you know, football is a, is a great way to, even basketball can have that, those aspects of, of being able to get, uh, get at that aggression out. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that we were losing those things in our society. And unfortunately what's happening is, is that there, because there's no outlet in a good way, there's no outlet in a, in a controlled way. Now they're, you know, a lot of these boys are going to, you know, outlets that are that are unhealthy for sure. And there's something about fighting with someone and then shaking hands that when it's over happens and you're you're no longer an enemy, but you've yeah, like you said, you've gotten it out. Is there is does the worldly masculinity is it right on the border of I always look at bullying, being a bully. I think we've all dealt with bullies in school. And those are the those were usually the guys that they're the oh they're the alpha males they're the they're the masculine guys it, it it's usually masking something sure it's masking fear and weakness yeah you know there, there's a there's a sense that they're not good enough and you know they're trying to show that they're good that they are and you know they're they're using aggression and taking advantage of those weaker than them and you know but that's but that's not that's not true masculinity right that's that's a that's a caricature of masculinity and what i'm arguing is is that the reason why society is is groping in these ways and the reason why men are groping in these ways is they're trying to understand true masculinity and you ask you know about the church that's where the church i think is failing because we're not 
teaching what true masculinity really is. And so the men, the men are looking to guys that are outside the church that are saying, you know, a lot of good things, you know, I mean, in terms of like a Jordan Peterson, I mean, he has, as you mentioned, he has this 12, 12 rules of life. And, you know, that like, you know, the first one of them is stand up straight with your shoulders back. And, you know, that's something that, you know, our fathers ought to be teaching us, you mm-hmm. know, that's something that men, you know, the, the fathers that are out there today that are bringing up their boys and, and they ought to teach, they ought to be teaching their boys to, to stand up straight with their shoulders back. I mean, so there's nothing wrong with that in in and of itself. Now, but what's wrong is, and what stro- what the problem is, is that a guy like Jordan Peterson, who says that, it's his basis and his and his it's his thesis that's wrong. In the sense, what I mean is, is that he uses psychology. He uses, you know, going back to the lobsters. He uses examples like lobsters and and you know dominance hierarchies and and things like that to understand how we ought to act or interact socially. The problem is, is that as biblical Christians, as those who are Christians in the church, that's, that those things shouldn't be our source for understanding how we are to interact socially. So how would Grace Bible Church, how would we define biblical masculinity, and what do we need to be doing as pastors? Well, first and foremost, it's not a worldly it's not a worldly understanding, but I think that I think Christ, the Lord Jesus, is our example of biblical masculinity. He's the, the true example that he embodies all of the all of what it means to be a man. Uh, he is the complete man, and and you know he's the he is the perfect man, and so he's the one we ought to be looking at. Now, let, when I say that, let me back up and say earlier I said the problem that I had coming into the church mm-hmm. was that Jesus was my boyfriend mentality. So I, I wasn't getting, I was getting a skewed view of who Jesus is. And, you know, Jesus is, you know, he's the king. He's perfect man. And I need to understand and, and work, work to understand what that means and what are the implications of that, you know, so that, so that when I say that Christ is, the, is who we ought to be looking at, I'm talking about a right understanding of who he is. Yeah, how do we change that, though? How do we change that image from, like, what you were saying, the meek shall inherit the earth? That doesn't sound like those other guys, Rogan and those guys, are saying. No, they're not. They're certainly not saying that. And they're not talking about mercy either. I mean, and so, you know, we're obviously we're talking about the Beatitudes at this point. I, you know, I think we need to work to help people understand how those things fit into into what it means to be a man. Um, you know, what it what it actually means to be a biblical Christian. What it actually means to have biblical manhood, and and you know, those things matter. You know, the understanding understanding what Jesus was saying when. You know, when he said, blessed are the, are the meek or the lowly, when he said, you know, blessed are those who are merciful, you know, what does he actually mean there? And, and why does it matter? I think we have to be, we have to teach that and we have to, we can't shrink back from addressing what it means to be a man in the church, but also in our culture. If we look at examples from scripture, we look at, let's look at Job. He suffered and, and he suffered like a man. Sure. Uh, we have we have David who went through. David was a warrior, sure, and yet he had a very compassionate heart, sure. 
And even going up into the New Testament, we have the, the, the disciples, we have Paul, all these examples of men. Why isn't, but why aren't more men drawn to that, do you think? Why are they more drawn to the, the, the secular, cultural uh, guys? I think it's because how it's been interpreted or how it's been, how the, it's been packaged, where in the past, well, I, whatever it's been, you know, in my lifetime, for sure, that it's been, you know, these men have been packaged more for their, for the soft side as opposed to, as opposed to more masculine aspects. Um, you know, David was a warrior, you know, but he also wrote poetry. I mean, so, you know, he wrote... He played the harp. Yeah, he played the harp. I mean, I mean, so, I mean, he was the, he was the, the complete man in that sense. Now, obviously, he had his, he was a sinful man and he fell short of God's glory but you know he did have those aspects, all the all the different aspects of masculinity. And I'm not saying you know it's funny because can I be masculine and play the harp? Absolutely, David did, right? Can I be masculine and play the piano, or can I be masculine and write poetry? Absolutely. I mean that that has nothing to do. I think I think that you know again it's it's making sure that we don't just highlight you know, certain aspects and, and make them, you know, more important than others. I mean, obviously there was, David had, David was a man who was, he had a lot of different aspects of him and, and understanding that and understanding that, you know, we shouldn't limit certain things and we shouldn't limit masculinity, but we shouldn't, you know, it say, well, you know, like, you know, my father would probably have said, I mean, he probably would have looked down on my, you know, on things that, are would would consider he would consider soft and and so because he came out of I mean he was he was a guy that came out of the of, you know some of the John Wayne he was a product of that culture and so he would have looked down on the more softer things of life and so but that's not that's not again that's not biblical Christianity biblical Christianity is a guy that that you know is complete you know he has he has those he has all of those attributes that you know that we're really really you know, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ, you know, really looking at Christ as being the example, the model for Christianity or for manhood. Does partly what hurts as far as young men outside of the church is that Christians, Christian men submit to a higher authority, number one, and number two, they actually are, they're, they're servants, they're serving, they love their wives, they're serving their wives, they're serving their family. Whereas the non-Christian young man would say that that they should be served, that they shouldn't serve someone else, that they're a slave to no one, they don't serve anyone, that they're they're the main guy, they're the they're the top dog, and and everyone should serve them rather than them serve the family. And strong, independent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that it's interesting because you know I, as you were asking the question, I was thinking about you know, that, that men want to go and conquer, you know, there's this conquering idea. And I think that's why business and I think why, you know, corporate America is, is, has been such a, a, an area where men have thrived because they can, they can go kill that, they can go kill and get that pelt, you know, and, you know, it's, you know, make money and, and, and be successful and be, you know, have glory in that. And so it's, it has been, that's definitely, um, something that men want and desire. 
And so it, it, it appeals to them in that way. And so I think that's why, I mean, I think, you know, in the church, it, again, it's been more feminized and it's been, you know, men have departed from the church and, and, you know, they're, they're not give, you know, they don't have those outlets that, that way in that sense. And, and you know, and it's funny because it's, in, it's, it's interesting because in, in Ephesians six, Paul talks about, you know, taking up the armor of God. I mean, he, he's using, he's using a metaphor there that's of, of a soldier, you know, and, and, you know, this taking up the sword and, you know, this idea of battle and fight and, you know, and so obviously the Bible understands, you know, what, what appeals and what is, what, what appeals to men. I mean, in terms of what, how the Bible was written, Paul understood that. I mean, it was a, it was a metaphor that they understood and yet we've kind of moved away from that and we've moved away from, you know, this idea of battling for the truth. And now obviously, you know, the, you know, I know I understand, you know, Ephesians six and, and ultimately God is the, is the warrior. I mean, ultimately God is the one that, you know, that, that does the, the fighting for us. But at the same time, understanding that we are, we are there as warriors for the truth, that we need to be fighting for the truth. And, and, you know, I think that the church has kind of moved away from that. I know in my life, I've always thrived better if I had a really good coach or a male teacher or someone, uh, some male in my life that that was an inspiration to me. So as we look at the church, is it the men in the church, the older men in the church have kind of let down the younger men by maybe not taking them under their wing? Yeah, I, I would answer that by saying, you know, where are they? Where are those men? You know, and, and you know, you look at, you look at the church, where are the men who are, are leading the charge? You know, and, and I'm not saying that they're not, that they're not there at all, but a lot, I mean, in, in terms of when you look at a group, you know, of men, if when you look at the church, you know, men from, you know, 25 to, to 45, where are they at? Yeah. Where, I mean, where are they at? They're many times they're, you know, in corporate America nowadays. I mean, a lot of them are playing video games, mm-hmm. you know, they're tied up in porn, you know, they're, you know, that they, they've been taken out of the church. They're not a leading part of the church. And so we we're missing them. Yeah. I mean, I think, it, I think the church has been hurt by that. And I think women, ultimately women have been hurt by that, you know, in terms of, in terms of not having men to, to marry. I, you know, my, my daughter just married a young man, and I'm so thankful that, that he found, you know, that they found each other. The Lord brought them together, and I'm so thankful for that. But I have another daughter that I'm, you know, I pray fervently for a young man who can come and, and lead her. But, you know, there's not, there's just so few out there. And, and it's because, it's ultimately because the fathers, the older men, are not leading the younger men, and it's just it's just creating this this vacuum or this void in the church in terms of in terms of men who want to be great fathers, who want to be great husbands, who want to be biblical men. That I, that we can be all those things because that's what God calls us to be. Well, Pastor Brandon, I made it through about half my questions, so let's let's end this podcast, but. But let's continue this discussion on manhood and biblical manhood in podcast 31. So as we end this podcast, and we'll pick it up, like I said, on the next one, you would say, and I would say too, that a biblical man is somebody that that watches UFC and plays the harp and writes poetry. (laughs) I don't know about watches UFC, but 
but I think that, I mean, you know, someone who, you know, a biblical man would be a guy that, that enjoys woodworking, you know, that enjoys, you know, hammering nails and enjoys, you know, putting pipes together and building stuff and that who enjoys uh, hunting and fishing and maybe not all the above. I mean, I'm not saying a man has to be all those things, right? But I mean, a biblical man would also do other things, you know, that, that are maybe, maybe are a little on the softer side, like music and, you know, and, um, art and, you know, being an artist or those kind of things. And so I'm not saying that all biblical men are going to watch UFC. I'm not saying that all biblical men are going to be fighters. I'm not saying all biblical men are going to be hunters or fishermen or those sorts of things. But what we have to recognize is that, you know, God has made those, God has made us, you know, this masculine idea. And I mean, he's the one who defines what that is. And whether you're more lean, you lean toward being, you know, an artist versus being, you know, a plumber, it's still all in the realm of being a biblical man, you know, biblical manhood. Right. And I was just, I was being as with the word facetious. Sure. Because I'm not a UFC guy. I'm more of a KFC guy, but yeah. So there you go. Well, you know, K- KFC, there's a special place in my heart for KFC. Oh, absolutely. I that, mean, the Colonel, the Colonel is probably There's a man. There's a man. That white suit when he had it? Yeah. You, you, you yeah. got you got to be a man to wear that kind of what suit. What about Dave from Wendy's? I mean, Dave was another good guy. Yeah, do you think he was a man? He wore the tie. Was he manly? I think he was. Yeah, I think I think he was pretty manly. Yeah, Dave was pretty manly. But Ronald, though. Ronald McDonald? Yeah. Yeah, the, the big Ronald McDonald. floppy shoes didn't work at work yeah, for me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about Ronald McDonald. If he was, if he was <laughs> Well, very, yeah. you know, he came out. What, so. about, what about the Burger King dude? That guy was scary. <laughs> he was creepy. I'm not a big clown guy. All right, let's pick this up in Podcast 31. We'll continue our discussion on manhood. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Fresh Bread, the podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church, Gainesville. For more information, go to gracegainesville.org. And thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.